Hi everyone, I am Ashley Asti, and this is Ashley Asti Live. Today we're going to talk about letting go and letting in, the way life and death are not actually opposites, but are partners in birthing existence, in birthing our purpose and our destiny. This came up for me because, as I've been talking about on here, uh, for the past four months I've been taking a yoga teacher training, meaning I've been studying to become a yoga teacher. And the experience has been transformative in ways that I never imagined, not just on my mat, but even more importantly and more noticeably off my mat. And so on Monday, I Monday night, I taught my first two yoga classes ever publicly. And that morning, I had a weird feeling. Um, I expected to be nervous, worried, anxious, think like, oh my God, I'm going to forget what I'm going to do, all of those things. And while I was there a little bit, for the most part, I felt at home and at ease and ready. But there was this weird current of emotion that was flowing through me that morning. And I was surprised by it because there was a sense of sadness that I was feeling, of disappointment. And so, as I usually do, I started to journal um, because I knew that when we go to the core of our feelings, that's where the wisdom is. So I wanted to explore it and get to that center. And I started noticing that as I, as I was writing, that there were two sort of intertwined feelings that were going on. The first one felt beautiful because it felt like I was cracking open my shell and divine light was pouring in on me and through me, that this was a moment of transformation, of vulnerability, of stepping into something unknown, and yet that feels like it was guided to me. But the other part of me, the human part, felt scared of this because divine light and love is or can be unknown. It brings its own journey instead of circumstances with it. It's not something that you can control. Just like yoga, it's out of our control. And I wanted to know the situation and control it. And so I felt vulnerable. And I also felt a sense of mourning, a sense of grief that I didn't expect. Because teaching yoga is not something I I ever really pictured for myself. When I was younger, you know, I thought I guess I'd be a writer or I pictured myself walking down Fifth Avenue in New York City in high heels and a power suit. I pictured a very different life and a version of success that doesn't look like the one that I have now. And so to find yoga in this way at 29 years old and to choose to become a teacher, when I already have other things and business things going on in my life felt both strange and oddly like coming home. But it required a surrendering, a surrendering of who I thought I was, a letting go of all the stuff that was no longer me. This marked a shift, not of becoming a different person, but of becoming more truly and deeply who I was. And so I had to mourn the parts of me that were from my past, 
or that no longer serve the stories about myself that weren't mine. And I think this is something that happens on most momentous occasions where it becomes a moment of reflection, where we look back on our lives and and ex- explore the journey of how we got there and what we thought the journey would look like and what we thought this place in our life would look like and who we thought we'd be surrounded by in this moment. And so it felt like a washing clean, a cleansing, releasing. And I mentioned the word mourning and grief because in a strange way, it felt like a death. The old me that was no longer authentic to me had to die, had to let go of it in order to birth the new me, the yoga teacher version of me and everything that it means to be a yoga teacher and everything that meant for me personally. Because I think that's the beauty of teaching yoga, at least for me, is that it is a complete surrendering. In the moment when you show up in the room as the teacher and you might have a plan in your head, but then you feel the energy in the room and you realize you have to throw that plan out the window because these students want or need something different. And so you have to trust the divine channel or voice that comes through you to speak the class that you're meant to teach, not the one that you had planned. And the same thing is true as a student of yoga, is that when you get on your mat, it's a surrendering. You have no idea what the teacher is going to bring in, what feelings might arise or sensations might arise throughout the class. And so it is a journey into the unknown. And this is scary and vulnerable because you can't control it. And yet it is wildly freeing and blissful. And that's why so many of us go back to yoga again and again, because it is that experience of divine light pouring in and through us. An experience of feeling the sacred within our hearts. In yoga, we often celebrate the inhale, or maybe just not in yoga, just in life. We remind people to take deep breaths in. Because inhaling is about bringing in prana or life force, that energizing force into your body and your being. But I think equally important or maybe more important is the exhale. Because it's with the exhale that we let go and create space. With every exhale, we release the stuff that no longer serves us, the toxic stuff in our bodies. And that gives us room to welcome in the life force, to welcome in the breath that nourishes us. And that's how it is in life. It is a constant cycle between letting go and and welcoming in. The same thing happens in our bodies. In every moment, cells in our bodies are dying. They are creating new space for new cells to be born. It's a miracle that our bodies are new. I think it's every seven years, pretty much our whole body is replaced. In every moment, we are creating and recreating ourselves. And in every moment, we are cycling through the process of death and life. Going into darkness to find the light. 
going from the light into the darkness and finding the fruits in the darkness. I think we are so trained to hold on, to retain things, to attach and cling. Even if you think about it in school and how we study, it's all about what can you memorize. And while this clearly has a place in school, I also think we carry that with us throughout our lives. And so I've noticed that even when I'm reading, just for pleasure, I'll try to hold on to the parts of the book that speak to me and try to memorize a line or that's an interesting concept. I need to hold on to that. I need to write it down or take notes. And I used to have notebooks full of lines from books because I wanted to remember those lines. I wanted to be able to come back to them. But what I've realized as I get older is that Whatever is meant to stay with me does. And if it's meant to be something that I need, it will return to me. And so rather than trying to hoard every ounce of every book and hold on to every kernel, every nugget of wisdom that I receive from it, I now try to trust my body and my soul to retain the lessons it needs to know what it needs and to have that naturally fuse with my being so that eventually I can radiate it out too. In other words, what's meant to stay, stays. And what's not, what's not for us can leave. This way we have more space. So in moments when you feel like everything is being pulled from you or purged, you're not getting what you want, things aren't staying, Remember that this is also a moment of release so that what is meant for you can soar in. I think it's also about trusting the timing of your life, of your journey. Sometimes we feel a letting go, a purging, something leaves. And then there's this vacuum. There's this big space in between where you, before you feel full again. Maybe it's a relationship ends, and until you find the sacred partner that's meant for you, maybe there's a long pause, maybe of a few months or a few years. And that moment can feel <laughs> obliterating too, because it can feel so empty, because what it is is the stillness. It's that space of what feels like nothingness, where the truth is everything is, out of nothing into everything. That is the space in which everything is born, the space of silence and stillness of pure potential. But sometimes that space of pure potential in our lives can feel like darkness, and, can, and it can feel like we're wading through that darkness for a really long time. And so what I've worked on in my life is seeing the hands of God in these moments of darkness, of trusting, knowing I am supported, and trying to notice all the ways in which I am supported, trusting this pause, this space. And for me, it's about waiting for the invitation. So some people have a different experience where they're strong manifestors and they need to hunt down what they want and really go after, and that's how they create their lives. But for me, and maybe this is your experience too, it is very much my life been about waiting. 
about waiting to receive. And in the moments when I try to hunt something down or hustle or go after it, it's almost as if the universe says no and and it sort of backfires on me. Because I at least am meant to listen, to wait to feel a calling to something. And this calling can't be rushed. Your way out of darkness, your healing cannot be rushed. Because it's like a seed. When you plant it, you push it all the way deep into the soil and it's in the darkness, under the earth. And you might not see anything happening to the seed for a long time. You're watering it, whatever it might be, until finally one day it bursts through the darkness and into the light. And during that whole time when you didn't see anything happening, you could think, oh, the seed died, it's never going to come up. But that whole waiting period was not passive. It was not that nothing was happening. It was the entire universe was coming together to conspire, to birth something beautiful into existence. You just couldn't see it. And so that happens to us so often is because we can't see what's next. We can't see what's in store for us. That we start doubting. I feel like the more you recognize that you are in tune, that you are in alignment with the universe, the easier it becomes to move through these pauses or to sit in stillness through these pauses to wait for the invitation to act. Because the more you do that, your awareness shifts. And for me, I start again seeing the hands of God and so many more things even in those pauses. And that's my version of manifestation. That's my version of putting my intention out to the universe. Not by rushing out and trying to act before it's time, but by calmly waiting and listening. Listening for signs that will come in all sorts of ways. And they won't be an invitation that comes in the mail that's very clear with your name on it always. Finding all the ways that the universe speaks to you and through you. When I was little, I think death was always portrayed as something that's really scary. And I can't say that's not true now. But I'm also shifting my awareness to understand that death is not a final state. It's a state of transformation. If you even think about, we go back to the nature metaphors, because nature is full of death and life cycling together, mingling together. Summertime, the leaves are full and luscious and green. And as autumn comes around, the leaves start turning color and we see this glimpse of beauty that we don't see throughout the rest of the year. And it's like they come alive in a different way, even though it's that the leaves are in a process of death. And then they die and fall to the earth. But what happens is in the earth, they nourish the soil and they become the new life that rises from the soil. And when the tree sheds its old leaves, it goes dormant for a while, right? It seems like nothing is happening. There's no color on the tree. So you're waiting and you're waiting. You're thinking nothing is happening and it will never come back to life. And yet come spring, all of a sudden the buds start happening and the color returns and there's new life. This is the process. And I think sometimes we push it away 
They don't like the uncertainty of it or the still spaces. But life is about coming to accept these spaces, recognizing the ebb and flow, the subtle rhythm of our lives, feeling the music of existence flow through us. And it can't always be really loud and vibrant music. Sometimes it has to get soft because you would get sick of the loud <laughs> and the vibrant. Our bodies and our souls need time to rest and regenerate just like at night. We go through a cycle of not being loud and vibrant and full of what seems like life all the time. Life is happening all throughout, even as we sleep, even through the pauses, even through the silence. In fact, that's where it's regenerated. There is an inner guide in you always. Take a deep breath in and out. And connect to the essence of your sacred self, your inner knowing, in the stillness, in between the inhale and the exhale. Is that place of peace that place of divine guidance that is always there. And I suggest every day you take a few moments to breathe slowly, steady, quietly, and allow yourself to become aware of this guide, to notice it within your whole being, the way it sits in your heart and expands to every ounce of your body. You are never separate or alone. The truth and the way is always inside you. And so it's not our mission to point outside and try to find the way out there, but to turn within and know that is the truth and that is the guidance and our path begins there. Everything you need is already within you. You are exactly where you were meant to be in this moment and exactly who you were meant to be. There's nothing to do. Just be. And in the stillness, you'll come to know that sacred truth, that place where life and death merge to form your destiny. And that is when you will know you are already on your way. Thank you for listening. I look forward to sharing with you each week and have a beautiful holiday season.